0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. I am so freaking excited. Today I'm bringing you a guest that I have been following on social media for a while now. I love what she's posting because, man, she speaks straight from my soul. So many things that I see, think, and feel about our industry. She is actively verbalizing it she's not scared to ruffle some feathers. So without any further ado, I'm so excited. Hello, Corey. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here.
0: Yes. We're grateful that you're here too. Do you want to take a second to introduce yourself? Tell us what exactly do you do? Who are you?
1: Yeah, that's always the hard. I find that always is the hardest question to answer. I'm Corey. I work with women in the online space building businesses. So I've got different programs for women that are starting building their business and then women that are scaling their business. And I tend to focus a lot on strategy and branding, but with a really huge depth and focus in our inner work. So the energy, the inner work, the healing, Because it's one thing to know what we have to do, what we're supposed to do, but to have the confidence to do it, to have the, to scrap the motivation to be able to show up and do the thing is where a lot of that inner work stuff comes in.
0: Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I 100% agree. It's a whole different thing if you can get your energy behind what you want to do or not. So... How did you come to be like what was your path like learning about business and also about the energetics of building a business? When I was
1: done high school, I didn't know what to take in university because I I didn't have the grades to get into regular university and there was nothing that I was interested in doing. And so at this time back then, I could, I applied for two programs and one was co- fashion. So I wanted to do costume design and the other was nutrition. And I ended up getting into this nutrition program. And from the nutrition, I like love, like I love food. I love nutrition. I'm obsessed with how intelligent food is and how intelligent nature is. And so I went into down the nutrition route and from there I got hired. Back when I became a nutritionist, there was no such thing as nutritionist. It was not a common thing. Life coaching was not a common thing. It was really kind of an underground industry. And so there was no real place for me to go and work. And I worked at Jenny Craig. And I worked at Jenny Craig in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. And Jenny Craig then brought me into this place where it was such a profound lesson for me in that you give the people the menu and the food. And like, all you have to do if you want to lose the weight, which they say what they want to lose the weight, that's the goal is eat the food, but nobody actually does it. And so I became so fascinated with like, if we know what to do, then why don't we do the thing? And back in the day when I was like, I was 21 doing this work and people used to call me Dr. Corey and they'd tell me their whole life story. And I always just really loved the depth of human psychology. So from there I went and did my life coaching certification and then over the next decade, I did a lot of personal training. I built a boot camp business. I was working... Then I did my holistic nutrition certification. So I was working kind of like a jack of all trades, doing nutrition and life coaching and fitness and not really sure where I was supposed to be and and like living my life on the side and my life... What I mean by that is like abusive relationships, hitting rock bottom with addiction, alcoholism, a lot of depression and anxiety and suicidal ideations and like all these these two worlds were kind of colliding. And then I got sober and I had built my little life coaching business, but I didn't know how to build a business. And then like i I did it enough, like i I made it successful enough, and then, from there, I went and did a food based business, and I was working at markets, I was doing like cacao fungi, elixirs, and then I moved to California and had a baby and and then what happened when I had a baby was like i was like i'm not I'm not gonna do a life I'm not gonna be a life coach anymore i ha- I hate being a life coach. I hate the fact that no, I just hated it so much. But there was this voice one day, Flora was about six months old and this like voice came in and said, it's time to build your business again. It's time to hire a business coach and it's time to get back into it. And so I took, it was like kind of miraculous. It was like as if the 13 years of building it prior combined with all of this inner work and sobriety and all this stuff that had happened. And I became over the past two and a half, almost three years fixated obsessively so on how the hell does one build a business? Like, what do we actually have to do in the... Like, what is the strategy behind building a business? You know, building actual relationships and how to market and how to have copy. And, you know, it's passion isn't enough. So many female entrepreneurs are like so passionate, but don't know how to actually do anything with that in a strategic way. And so in the past 3 years, I just really honed in on... You know, a love for building businesses and making lots of money and creating polarizing, thought provoking, I don't give an F content. Yeah. And really fueling the the underneath fuel of it for me has been this energetics and the inner work that actually allows us. It's like I keep describing it lately. I love G Wagons. And so I describe it as like the G Wagon itself is the passion. But or sorry, the G wagon itself is like the strategy, but without the fuel in the G wagon, it's not going to move. And the fuel to to go into the G wagon is that inner work, that energetics. And so, really playing with, in both of these areas and just skyrocketing my business and helping other women do the same.
0: Yeah, I agree that it takes a huge strategic and a huge energetic component. You can't do one without the other. If you only do strategy. You might be wildly successful, but incredibly unhappy. And eventually you're going to burn your business down. We see this all the time, even with multi seven or eight figure entrepreneurs who decide like, yeah, I just felt it was time to move on. Like, yeah, you probably built something that was out of alignment and you can't change the course of, I don't know, a container ship easily. And when your business is that big and you've never really paid attention to the energetics and to the alignment. Then it's really damn hard to uh, change course, and at the same time, if you only do energetics, you're inevitably leaving power and money and and opportunity on the table. I see this a lot too when 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 clients join me and they've been predominantly energetic is that there are just so many untapped opportunities where I'm like, oh oh, I get excited." it's all the (laughs) things yeah it's so true it's okay
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's so true they both of the worlds have to they have to collide they have to collide if you want it sustainable and if you want it aligned like to really leave a legacy you know to really like what are why are we building the things why are we building the relationship why wake up every day entrepreneurialism is First of all, I think that we're curse blessed with it. Like we're just we're born with this need to create. We can't, <laughs> right? <laughs> like we can't ignore it. It's part of our like genetic composition. But if we don't collide these two worlds and then we don't create anything of legacy or of value or scalability or that creates real actual soul satisfaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. So do you, do you feel like there is a majority of clients that has one or the other that is missing? Do you feel like there is a general tendency in the market or do you feel like it's more of a reflection of who you are?
1: In terms of if people like strategy versus the inner
0: work? Or is it just everything?
1: <laughs> I feel like we we live in a world that wants solution and quick fixes. And I feel like there's still a profound disconnect as to like where the energetics and inner work even comes into building a business or strategy. So, and I feel like a lot of people don't want to go there. Like they don't, they're scared of what they might find. And it's easier to just, you know, take another marketing course or another strategy course or, you know, like, so I, I feel like there's much more, I think, As human beings, we more naturally gravitate towards, we need to hit our own version of a rock bottom in order to have enough discomfort within our own soul to know that, to to motivate that depth of inner change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can relate with that a lot. When I originally started my business, I had no idea who I was. I mean, like this coaching business, actually, I had already done two businesses before that I had a fashion business because I studied fashion design (laughs) 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 as one of my many degrees, but, and I had a copywriting agency that I fell into coincidentally. And I did not understand mindset work. I did not understand like beliefs like what, what do you mean limiting beliefs to me like having a mindset block meant you had a problem with procrastination I had a an a-plus work ethic so clearly I didn't have mindset blocks <laughs> 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 little did I know I was a freaking workaholic and I had no <laughs> life and the reason why I fell out of love with my previous businesses was because it was zero energetic alignment and I was just kind of like living what I had always done, which is like looking for solutions. And like I had a lot of strategic knowledge, I had business degrees and so on. So like I was doing like I was purely living from like this masculine space of like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And you just like bite your teeth and like do the work, which is why I had jaw pain for like the longest time. And like, I just did the work and that got me to a certain level of success. But at, the po- at that point, when I had my second baby, it all came crashing down and it fell apart. And it was, it was like, there was no way for me to keep continuing down that path unless I start learning about alignment and energetics. And I think this is what a lot of people underestimate. I see this with my content, I see this with my offers too. If I'm like, look here, strategy to make money. And people are like, yay, let's buy it all. And then you're like, here, course about happiness. They're like, what do I do with it? Mm. <laughs> it's so true. There's such a profound disconnect. We're not going to name this episode anything with happiness because I want people to listen up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to make <laughs> it a secret to making all the money in the world and then we trick them. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what? I Actually, when I worked in nutrition, I used to call it sneaky spirituality because women would come to me to lose 20 pounds and I would be like, yes, we'll lose 20 pounds. But then it would be like, why won't you eat the apple instead of the chocolate bar? And then that's when we would go into the belief systems and the, the trauma and the pain body and all this stuff that you actually have to do in order to change a habit. So it's the same in the work that I do. Like we build businesses, but it's sneaky spirituality. Like it's sneaky inner work. You think you're, Oh, we think we're scaling a business, but really we're healing generational wounds in order to enable us to receive and to build and to create something, to lead, to rock the boat and ruffle the feathers. Like, Those things, it's not enough to like the Nike slogan of just do it isn't enough because if we're too scared or we don't know how to receive or we fear the judgment of others, like no amount of strategy will matter if that inner part has not been tended to. Yeah, but you're right, it's got to be hidden.
0: (laughs) We have to trick the people, (laughs) just do it after we're done with 17,000 (laughs) hours of it. (laughs) You will just do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nike, Nike is a very masculine brand. Would you say? Do you think? I don't know if you've ever worked with men, but do you think men have just generally less of a problem, or is it because they were not allowed to be in tune with their feelings, or show any emotions, or listen to them? Do you feel like men have have less of a problem with limiting beliefs, or with 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 fears, or coping? Really with- good question. Can they just do the grow marketing? I don't know. Like I, for, I worked with a lot of men
1: back in my fitness and nutrition days. Like a lot of men, I, I helped build this huge program for a big, massive oil and gas business where we took men that were out in the oil fields and brought them through like nutrition and stuff. And they were way easier to coach because they just did the thing. Like they're, you're like, eat this food. And they were like, okay, I'll eat the food. And there was not as many emotional ties into the whole thing, but I haven't worked with men in terms of building businesses. So I wouldn't be able to fully answer that. And I think it's really nuanced because I think men, men have, we have like a lost generation of masculinity right now. Healthy. I don't even want to say healthy. Like men are lost. For so many reasons, I think it's so nuanced, but I haven't worked with men in terms of business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've i had maybe four or five male clients in the past and they were all wonderful. But I'm, I'm curious whether I attracted them because I talk about energetics and alignment and in a work or that was just coincidence. But mm. four or five samples, so to say, <laughs> yeah they definitely they definitely felt unaligned with like bro marketing techniques or like deadline funnels and so on so that's why they why they came they felt burned from other sales methods but that was a, a question that i was just like curious about mm-hmm. what do you think is the hardest part when scaling your business. So not just the beginning where you're like, oh, we gotta get you to like show up on social media and like to be unfiltered or to to be bold and like actually say what you what you mean, but like later when it comes to those higher income month, I mean, you make multiple five figures. Like what what is the bigger challenge when you, you start going from like 10K to 20k, 30k, 50k, 60k month?
1: I think the two things that come up for me was, first of all, learning to delegate was really hard for me. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't know how to delegate. My mind is quite creative. And I I just, I didn't know like what or how. And I had to learn how to delegate at home too. Like I had to learn, I couldn't do all the house cleaning and I couldn't do all the dog walking and raise the child and build the business. So it was like, what are the pieces that I had to learn to delegate? And that was things like daycare and a dog walker and, you know, getting mood or food prep sometimes and, you know, a house cleaner, things that to create ease. So that was one thing. And I think the other thing, I feel like at the beginning of building a business for me, I didn't, I didn't know what was possible. So I, there was a lot of naivety that was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. And like, we've got dreams, but who knows, like, who knows if it's actually going to be possible and I think one of the curse blessings of once you know it's possible, impatience, judgment, it can be really easy to like big norm, big numbers become normal. And so there can be complacency, a lack of humility, a forgetting of gratitude while we're striving for the next thing and forgetting to anchor into where we're at. I feel like that's has a really, because now I expect it, which I think is a really good and important thing. And also I have to bring myself back into my where I was at like six years ago, I was hitting rock bottom in alcoholism like I had nothing I had no business. And then I have to bring myself three years ago to when I was starting it I didn't know what was even possible. So creating that really intentional sense of humble. Like humility, like awe, like what could be possible if I didn't have like, I will create a six figure month, rah, like this like insane vision oriented, like it's got to happen because then when it doesn't happen on the timeline of what I think it should happen and the way that the industry tells us it should happen, then there's disappointment and it feels like I'm failing or I'm behind. So I think those are the two biggest things, delegation and and expectation, And like keeping it fresh and
0: in awe. Yeah. For me, it came down to playfulness. So Mm -hmm. remaining in a playful vibe. So for example, when I was about to hit 50K a month, like again and again, it was about staying tapped into a very playful energy and not going like, oh, it's like the 20th and we're at 40K. What else can I sell or launch or do? But being like, Hmm. I wonder what's going to happen if I just pitch my offer one more time. If I just do one more post on in Instagram stories, I wonder if I could get just one more client and then just one more. Ooh, it would feel fun to pitch just one, one-on-one spot. I wonder if, if just one, one-on-one spot will fail. But because it felt playful and fun to like pitch that one, one-on-one spot on a very specific topic or So like allowing myself like playfulness in that moment rather than even having the expectation of like, it's got to happen or it could happen, but just being like, but just one more, just one penny more because those pennies, they like really add up.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. I think it can be so easy to get swept away in more. And I think that more is such a curse blessing, because more is the fuel of evolution. So like to be tapped into wanting more, like more impact and more money and more is a really good thing until it starts to choke us and we get like, how do I create more? And then it's not fun anymore. And so and then we're cock blocked from like, allowing the receivership of flow in. So I love that like the curiosity of like, What if, what if one more person, and then also the uh, surrender and acceptance to the fact that, and if it isn't, that's okay too.
0: Like, can we let it be enough? Yeah, 100%. The most anxious, stressful room I've ever been in was a room full of people making multiple five and six figure a month. Like, holy, holy freaking moly, Jesus, it was... uh, I am lacking the words to like even put it into words how with this much abundance lack can be such a big heavy weight still on your shoulder. And it's so easy to be wrapped up unless you are really like solidly grounded in yourself. Have you ever experienced that like firsthand as well? Okay. Oh in. my God. Yes.
1: And my, like my mind works. I interpret life in a lot of contrasts and I would be in these containers with women that are making a lot of money, like multiple six figures a month, seven figures, multiple seven, like a lot of money. And what I, and And when I would be in there, I would feel this internal sense of like frazzle, like it was like so much. And when everything was like, we need more and like nothing is ever enough. And it was just like this intense, stressful energy. And then I would go to a recovery meeting and in a recovery meeting with people that had hit rock bottom, people that had completely lost hope, but had enough hope to still come to the recovery meeting. You know, people that didn't know what was possible, a sense of real gratitude, like, oh, my God, I'm not going to drink for another day. Like people that had nothing and some had lots, but there was this sense of gratitude and grounding. And so these two experience where I would do them both on the same day, a high level container and a recovery meeting. And it was like one was a group of people that had lost everything. And one was a group of people that had everything. And one was serene. And one was so stressful.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's if you look at the societies where they have "quote unquote" very little, and those that have a lot and are extremely abundant. My husband comes from from a third world country, and while his family is upper middle class, but being around, like looking at people, just like being with an open mind, open eyes, looking at just like how they are, they feel so much more joyful. And they can sit at the beach and just be at the beach and, like, be happy. They don't need loud music or, I don't know, phones in their hands to, like, distract or numb. Or they can just be in the present moment and they like to sit together and laugh. And there's a lot of companionship. And it really goes to show, like, happiness has nothing to do with how much you have or how much you're making. I do find it in very, very different places, actually. I have two questions. I don't even know where, what I want to ask first. Let's stick with, with the experience of going to your recovery meeting and being in the high level container at the same time. Those are just such contrasting worlds and, cla- and I, w- I would presume that there is maybe some clash there as well. Did you ever feel like internally conflicted being like, whoa, I, it, I have a hard time. Uniting those both worlds inside of me and also like, did you ever feel weird sharing your sides with either of the other worlds? Mm.
1: These answers will probably be surprising because they surprised me. So my, the, cla- the first question, the clash that I find is... My so recover that I do 12 step recovery. And so 12 step recovery is very surrender oriented, like it's very much powerless, hand my life and my will over to the care of God, as I understand God, it's very spiritual, it's very of service. It's very like, I don't make a plan. I learn to live my life one day at a time and trust that the quantum field is always moving through me. And that's how I've built my business. I've never reverse engineer anything. I don't do visions. I don't set goals because it's just not... It gives me that frazzled feeling inside. And that, that mentality that I approach my life with now is really weird in, our, in the coaching world of driven people because the driven people want a fucking plan. Like they want a plan, they want to vision it. They're like, you need to be able to see it to achieve it. And I'm like, but you don't. And my life is literally proof of that. And I've been coached by people that are the same. Like you've got to have a vision. You got to know where you're going. And I, so that's where it this gets weird for me. And then the opposite is true. So when it comes to sharing my story in work, like in the online space and in my business, I have no problem. Like I love sharing the depths. I love sharing shadow. I love sharing the depression and addiction and abuse and like all the things because I, it, A, it shows what's possible. But B, there's a lot of people that suffer in silence. And when I when there's sharing, we can say me too. But it's the opposite of sharing success. I feel really guilty about success, the level of success that I've attained in the regular world, especially in a recovery meeting. And I shouldn't, because there's a lot of insanely successful people in recovery, like insanely.
0: Yeah. I resonate with that too. I find it difficult to speak about our work in the quote-unquote, the muggle world. (laughs) totally. And it's very bizarre when, when I meet, for example, let's say new parents or like other parents from kindergarten. And they're like, oh, so what do you do? And I just go online Because when, or when I meet colleagues from my husband's work, it, it feels really, really awkward to say the things, not because I feel guilt or shame, but because there's very little understanding for being different in the world and people have a very very narrow focus of like what life gets to be and I feel like our existence and our work is so like earth shatteringly different for them it it, it it it's like you can see them visually falling apart where they're like what do you mean you what do you do and You teach happiness, a course on happiness tonight. What what do you mean? Like, can can you learn happiness? Like, how do you even create that? What do you mean you you build businesses? Like, it just like, it takes them completely out of their reality. And I find that most people cannot actually emotionally handle that. Mm. Outside of the coaching world, because there's just so many people who Don't know how to regulate their emotions, but they have a whole lot of emotions around whatever you're, however you're living your life. That's one of those experiences I found really challenging, probably one of the most challenging about building this business.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things that I became so fascinated with was during the global situation. And in the global situation, there was a lot of structures that were falling to the ground, like like there was this loss and terror and fear and structures burning to the ground. But simultaneously, what started to explode in the online space was nuts and specifically with women, so women started coming forward, and we started making more money than women have ever made before on an on an Instagram app. And it's like we we've, we've been birthing this completely new paradigm, uh, invisible to the regular world. Like the regular world still thinks we're just like playing on our phone too much. Oh, your cute little online business, and it's like, yeah, we're building like multiple six figure, multiple seven figure, eight figure businesses on an Instagram app. Like it's nuts. And then when they find that out, I think the reason I really do believe that when we get triggered and when people are angry, and I think this really shows up with women that are successful, because I could go on a whole tangible, like the hashtag women supporting women and how many women actually don't support women, because the very nature of empowerment Shatters the reality of what somebody thought was reality. And so suddenly, then they're living in this uncomfortable truth of their own confinement and prison that they've been put in because of conditioning, because of the way that they, with the structure that we've grown up in. And so we shatter that. And to the, to the, uh, to the looker of somebody that hasn't done the depth of inner work to say, wow, I'm triggered what's happening inside of me. It's easier to say you're the problem, like it's your business or your money. And, and it does, it creates the paradigm birthers and the path foragers are deeply misunderstood and really projected onto.
0: Yeah, especially because such few people seem to to question what life and society right now is looks like and it's actually such a new way of living industrialization didn't happen long ago move from the villages to the cities hasn't happened very long ago our lives used to be very very different but people take it as like the status quo like okay yeah you go to school you get some education and then you get a job and then you do that job and you live 9 to 5 and pray and wait for the weekend and then you party until you're like blacked out and then you go home and on Monday you do it all again and I it breaks my heart it really truly breaks my heart and I I love what you said about they recognize their own confinement and the like narrowness of the world that they believed in and I feel like almost when, when, when I meet them in real life and I start showing them just like, no, I don't believe you have to live that life. I don't believe you have to work a job that you don't like. I don't believe you have to pick up extra shifts. I don't believe you need to stay longer if your boss is so like, that's his responsibility to appropriately plan capacity at work and so on. Like, I believe you could just set boundaries there. I find that they're so like, they're. Their worldview is so shattered, and the pain becomes unbearable.
1: Yeah. And this pain becoming unbearable, there is that quote where it says, where the pain, the risk of staying in the, the pain of staying, remaining in the bud becomes more painful than the blossom, essentially. I completely butchered the quote. But the, that pain is so necessary. That's that rock bottom that I was saying earlier is like once we have hit that pinnacle of pain where it's so intense, there's no way that we could blame the rest of the world. We've come, we've, our our psyche has cornered ourselves. It's the gift of desperation. Like it's where we're, we're in enough pain. We're willing to do something different. So that shattering of the reality, as long as it hits hard enough and knocks somebody to their knees into a deep enough state of surrender, it's the greatest gift, which I think is why It's our duty to do the work we're doing and living it out loud, like to be triggering, to rock the boat, to make sure that this is like, we are birthing a paradigm here. We're doing it in a new way and it's going to be triggering. That's the very nature of it.
0: Yeah. 100% when you do that on, on, on social media and like the people who are kind of looking for that, but do you even think in real life when you're just meeting someone kind of on the street and they didn't ask for that? I don't know. Like,
1: I think that it is is based on personality. Like, I've always been told I'm triggering. Well before social media was everything. Like, my mere existence seems to just like activate people. They nobody has ever been like, ah, Corey's okay. Like, they either love me or they hate me. There's no, and I all I used to always feel so bad about that. Like, why can't I just be like normal and have like just not haters all the time? But now I. I've come to a deeper understanding. It's just the nature of my existence. Like I just am activating, but I don't know that I'm not a proponent personally of unsolicited advice. But I do think that, I mean, there's a a way of walking within our value set or birthing a paradigm without necessarily having to preach it. You know, we live it and that in itself is activating, (laughs) activating to the people without preaching it and pissing people off necessarily.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's one of the sensitivities I still get to get to build. I <laughs> a little bit better in real life. That that is one of the things that I currently find at the current like level where my business is and where my life is one of the most challenging things is to navigate private relationships in the context of my life, which is why I've resorted to somewhat like not secretiveness but like just a little shortness of like what it is that I do exactly and um, when when I meet new people for example or there's no personal relationship or just no one asked to be <laughs> extremely activated but you put it so nicely like I agree with you sometimes if it, it, it truly feels like people either love or hate you and it's your your existence in school. That was that was true, definitely something I have <laughs> to the The oh my gosh! So how do you help women? I mean, it's it's so clear that you are not scared to ruffle feathers, and you feel pretty comfortable with that on social media. And that is a wonderful, wonderful gift and and wonderful inner work that you you've done. How do you support your clients? when they feel just scared to stand out. They're like, I want to be known for something, but I don't want to be known as me.
1: It's really interesting because it depends on where that's coming from for somebody. So like, I think, I think about something like consistency, like, oh, I'm I'm scared to post or I don't post. I'm not consistent in posting. And then it's like, okay, what's going on there underneath that other than just post every day or whatever the strategy is. What is actually going on underneath that? Are we scared to rock the boat? Are we scared to be seen? Is it a procrastination thing? And what's happening underneath the procrastination thing? Are you bored of your own content? Do you need more evolution? Do you need to engage in your life in a different way where you're actually excited about life so that it shows up in your content? Do you have people following you on Instagram that shouldn't be following you? Like get rid of your grandma. Your mother should not be on your Instagram. It's a business page. Like So I think the way that I support them is I never, (laughs) I never look at, for me, it's never the surface. Like the person that won't, that keeps, that says they want to get healthy and lose weight and keeps choosing the chocolate bar over the apple. My job as a coach is to start looking at, okay, what's going on to create that decision-making process. And same in this. So like, You don't want to show up. You're not being consistent. You're scared to rock the boat. Like what is happening underneath there? And that's where then I can support my clients. Like, is it an inner child wound? Do we need to just literally clean up boundaries and standards? But only once I can identify that, can we troubleshoot into what's actually going on here that will then support an actual mindset and habitual change to then have the person show up on social media or whatever.
0: It's so refreshing to to talk to someone in the coaching space who has actual coaching skills. <laughs> like this is what actual good coaching should be doing, right? Asking the right questions, looking, lifting up the rug and looking like what what's the what's the stuff that's going on underneath there? What's creating the speed bumps here? What's gonna make you trip over over that carpet and cleaning that all out and then moving forward with like a smooth flat surface where you're good to go. You're also incredibly consistent, like it blows my mind. The quality of your content, I mean, I've messaged you this directly. It is rare to find a creator who is so to the point and potent in her communication and produces at that frequency. I mean, I I think when I messaged you that you were posting like sometimes two or three times a day, I was that is something that is mind blowing to me. And this coming from someone who has a, like, I thought I have a lot of capacity for content. <laughs> like, and, and like I'm I'm good. I can put it out fairly quickly, but like how? Mm. how, like how do you create this much content like, where do you take the space even from?
1: So thank you. First of all, for all of what you just said, that was all really nice. I, can't help but just write. Like, my very first blog that I ever had, I was in Australia. It was on like Blogger Space or something. I don't even know what it was called. But for me, writing and expressing, communicating, like whether that's written word, spoken word, artistic word, like I need it in the same way I need to breathe oxygen. Like, what I post on social media is like a quarter of what's sitting in Canva and what's sitting in my notes. Like, I just write as a means of, like, it keeps me sane. It's like, before I got into my, this iteration of my business, like I, I'm a published author and I would write on Facebook and my old Instagram, like to live, like it was just a form of therapy for me. So I, for me, it's like, <laughs> and my strategy right now in social media is post less. Like I'm like one of the ones that's like, Corey, like, don't pull it back a bit. We won one. Let's do one a day. Like, let's, and that's hard for me because I'm like, I've got 10 a day. So for me, it's more like, I can't not. Like, I just have so, I have so much stuff moving through me all the time that I I have to, I, I need an outlet for it.
0: Yeah. It makes really a lot of sense then if you're, if, if this is for you, a way to process things, to move them through you, and get them out into the world that then it comes really easily <laughs> makes <laughs> makes a lot of sense you said you were a published author I did not know that what can I read from you
1: so I have one book so far more than one
0: reading on social media <laughs> say that again what can I read from you more than beyond the content that I'm already soaking up on social media oh I love that so I have one book that I've
1: published and it's called Atlas of Darkness. It's like so ironic because back a million years ago, about a decade ago, I was exiting a, an abusive relationship. It was a narcissistic, physically violent, like it was a nightmare and getting out of it was the beginning of my entrance into my dark night of the soul that would then last a decade. And I... <sighs> I just find this book so ironic because I was like, Oh my God, I got out of the abusive relationship. I'll write a memoir. A memoir. I was like 28 years old. Anyway, so I write my memoir and the day that I got the manuscript back for the final edit, I then my husband that I was married to, this was, I had just got sober. He then left. He called me over the phone and was like, I'm not coming home. And then he never came home. It turned out he had a drug addiction and all this crazy chaos. So I had to delete him from my book (laughs) and then the book, like, and then that beginning, then I had hit rock bottom with alcoholism and just started getting well in there. So over the decades, since my memoir was written, like so much more life has happened, but the book Atlas of darkness was, it's really that it's an Atlas of how to navigate the darkest night of the soul and how to anchor ourselves into self-acceptance and self-love, essentially.
0: Oh, it sounds like a wonderful book to read and definitely like something a lot of people would need. Can can we get that on Amazon or? Yeah, it's on Amazon.
1: (laughs) Okay. I know, I should talk about this thing that I have a bit more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm definitely gonna go take a look at that. I'm, I'm always very, very curious and interested when I hear about people's dark night of the soul. It's so interesting to me. I don't feel like my rock bottom happened at the same time as my spiritual awakening. <laughs> I actually feel like there is, was a decade in, in between. So in between, it was just like, everyday life on autopilot Mm. and it was perfectly fine i didn't have an incredible burnout again i feel like where really like my dark night of the soul like happened like the big rock bottom was around age 18 to 23 and then i dabbled into different things and i went into fashion school and it was all fine it was all fun and good and stuff but the really big, like inner work and trans, like transformative inner work, happened around age twenty-eight to, 30 to 33, I would say. With now, I feel like I've arrived in 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 a place where I feel really grounded. I know who I am. I know what I need. I know where I start, where I end, and how to create just this like environment or like this this very like nourishful ground for happiness for things to grow for tapping into really my potential i feel like i'm just getting started i've like just made the base where i where I planted all the seeds and i watered it and now i'm like good to go and i i'm just like i feel like just ready for life and time and fruition so it's, it's always so interesting to read people's memoir as they were going through the Stark period because it feels so distant. And yet I can still hear like the aftermath, like a loud explosion where the sound waves are coming like years later.
1: Yeah, I love that. It makes me think, I I just really love this metaphor because I think this ties into where I think goal setting can get a bit weird. And when we get like, I wanted to be at this number this month. And why is my business doing what I want it to be doing right now? And it's like, because your soul, your soul is doing things. Like, you're taking action, you're doing the things, but a dark night of the soul doesn't mean a spiritual awakening at the same time. It means that something has happened. The forest fire burnt something down and then the soul is doing a bunch of stuff that it's recalibrating. It's shifting its perspectives on a human level. We're like living, we're in action. We're like, when are, when's the thing going to happen? And then bam, it, all of it, the quantum leap all of a sudden happens. And that's because we've been watering the seed, but the distance of dark night to spiritual awakening or action to result what happens between that is what the soul is moving through like and that that's the part that we can't create tangible things on a timeline like that's the part that's up to the quantum field where we have to learn that emotional stamina of trust knowing that it's going to happen you're you're going to land in self And the business is going to blow up and all the great things in life are going to happen. The garden is going to explode and there's going to be a harvest, but the timeline is up to the seeds and the soil.
0: Yeah. Ah, I love it. I love it. These are the topics that move me so much more right now than any other topic. And it's, it's definitely something that I want to see more people talk about, I'm so sick and tired of seeing memes around the horrors of nine to five life or the sadness and like of life and how bad everything is. Like I'm just so ready for a society and especially a society of women, but truly a society where everybody ah, just takes back their power and actually gets to know themselves and, Mm -hmm. and, and and really learns to find happiness in in everyday moments and everyday life because you don't get that time back and at the same time to trust that everything is coming together and to keep watering those seeds right mm-hmm. not just stop and be like I had all there's no sense and there's no purpose and yeah i and it's this when you say that too it's like you know,
1: for the overachieving human who's like trying to create a goal and trying to get this damn harvest to hurry up. And so we think like, hey, the seeds have been watered. You've taken the action. There's nothing more to do. Like your job now in this 24 hour period of time is now go and enjoy your life or be in your life. Sometimes enjoy might be too far, but like be in it. But we seem to think, well, I want the harvest and I've, I've done the water. What else can I do? What else? And then we just think about it we just stress about it. Like, is the harvest going to come? Is it not going to come? Is it going to work out? Is it not going to work? And it's like, it's mental and totally insane. And it's like, these are the moments of the emotional stamina when we're living our lives is like, we live at one 24 hour chunk at a time. We take the action towards the things that we want to do. The harvest is not going to come right away. So we take the action. And then how do we then find the magic in the mundane? How do we live in the simplicity of what is actually here and actually now? like rooted in reality. And yeah, without being in the echo chamber of complaining about the same dumb bullshit and like the same, just the same, just sheep and parrots online, just talking about the same crap over and over. Like, there's just so much magic now here in this moment.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. What do you do to make the everyday life magical and special to you? gosh, what do I want to say here? I go to recovery meetings every day.
1: And they're they're so magical. And Flora, I have a three and a half year old. So that I don't know, she's they're funny, this age is so funny. And that creates a lot of magic. And then I try to find presence in the things that I do. You know, like when I'm cooking something, I, I stay present to the cooking of it. Like I say present to, I get really weird. But like, when I'm cooking something, I don't just like chop garlic, I think about where the garlic grew and how it grew and who picked it and then how did it get to the store and then who put it in the store and then I bought like it goes on this insane journey and then like once I eat it what does the garlic then do inside of my body and then my body has waste and then that waste goes back into the compost of the universe and and then creates more garlic so (laughs) I like (laughs) I like to find ways of staying in awe like in the complexity and magic of this existence that the human mind we cannot strategize it we cannot plan it we cannot understand it it's just beyond human comprehension
0: and it also makes you appreciate like all the effort and all the magic that goes into something as simple as you having garlic or i don't know a pineapple in winter like mm. what how like how how <laughs> right, so yes, these little little things and appreciating them. Ah, oh, I love that. It's one of the reasons I left the fashion industry was because when you buy clothes, people are so unappreciative of all that went into there. like girl, you're picking like you're throwing a bl- a blouse to the floor. Hey, that blouse is cotton. That cotton needed to be planted somewhere, watered somewhere, picked. The women that sewed it by hand, because fashion is so manual, right? So stuff like that, and it broke my heart. Like, I saw all that magic, and I felt like that magic was always constantly being, like, crushed and trampled every time I walked through h and M. I I could no longer bear that thought. That's why I left the fashion industry originally, because I found so much magic in that work and it was really like, that was my identity. I always wanted to be a fashion designer and until that spot, like, I could no longer hold that identity because it was just too, like, my magic was being <laughs> yeah, being trampled. Mm, I <laughs> love was, that. At a summer sale at H&M and I was like, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> too many clothes and there's too little like, appreciation. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that. I get that same level of appreciation when I get into the food thing. Like it makes me think, you know, I had this moment a million years ago of, I got really, I get obsessed with things and I was making these ginger, turmeric, honey, and lemon, but I was using the juicer. So every time I would make one drink, I had the juicer to clean, which is like so annoying. Juicers are so annoying to clean. And then I would be like, how dare you complain about the juicer, Corey? Like, how long did the garlic take to grow? It one bee takes in one bee's lifetime, it acquires or produces one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey. How many bees did it take to actually create a tablespoon of honey inside of this drink? And you're gonna complain about two minutes it takes to do the juicer, like So I think when we connect back into that, like actual field that we live in, like people are like, Oh, I want to manifest things in the quantum field, but they have no connection to the intensity and magic of the field that we live in. Like, I just, I think that that's, it's so profound.
0: I just want to be your roommate. We would have the best conversations on the planet. And I, I know we could potentially go like, shopping together and cooking together and we'd have a fantastic time and our almost equally aged children could go play
1: (laughs) I love this idea oh my god (laughs) well and I think the work is like bringing that level of magic into our online space you know in our businesses where it's like I'm not at six figure months yet complaining like what are we complaining about we can all we need is a phone to create these insanely impactful businesses and we have we don't have to go door to door and hand out flyers like people are literally just you have to put a hashtag on something and like people are there it's just, like we we have such crazy opportunity in our in our world
0: it is unbelievable yeah yeah, yeah. the the moments where my business performed the best were the moments where I just found so much joy and gratitude in my life? I mean, mm-hmm. I had my first multiple six figure month while we were traveling in Brazil and I was swimming with my kids every day. And I had no income goal for that month. I just was, and it came. Right. And it was like the most magical experience. And it really just brought home yeah brought home back that feeling of like yep as long as we stay in playful vibe we know we get to receive and just be oh my god Corey, i feel so happy that you were on the show and that you shared all of these deep experiences these deep human experiences that I feel like a lot of people don't share when they talk about uh, when they talk about their work and or they are in an interview or something. They're like, yeah, and this is what I do, and this is the strategies that I know or the things that I teach. But you've really beautifully combined the human experiences that you've, you've made in your life with the work that you do, and I think your clients are just so blessed to have you. Thank
1: so you. if anyone
0: wanted to go find you, where can they find you? And what are different ways they could work with you? If you can just like, quickly give me like a a rough overview of like, how, how can someone get into your world? So
1: I'm an Instagram girl. So I'm at CoreyLee.co, And then I run my favorite work that I do is in groups. So I run a lot of masterminds. So I have my strategy mini mind, which is for women building businesses. And we focus obviously on the strategy. It's a three month mini mind. And then we have opulence and opulence is for women who are scaling their business. So it's a lot more open-ended. Those would be the two kind of main signature programs.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to put your Instagram handle into the show notes so that people can go find you. Following you is definitely worth it. Uh, Even just for the free content but anyone who will find you will inevitably oh well we've already learned inevitably fall in love with you or feel very 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 activated (laughs) and both are welcome in our world so thank you so 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 much for sharing your experiences your knowledge your wisdom because that's really truly what it felt like a lot of wisdom and it was a pleasure having you on the show
1: uh thank you so much for having me
0: Content loungers, listen up. This is your chance to ditch the hustle and take a massive leap in your business and your income. This month, one of you guys is going to work with me one-on-one and together we will create a content strategy that turns you into a client and money magnet without working more. This is valued at over $2,000. And to get in on this, simply leave me a five-star review, take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram. Wishing y'all massive success in your business. See you next week. And until then, Sit back, relax, and let your content do the work for you.